The role of the Commission for Employment Equity is to advise the Minister on issues related to legislation around employment equity. And in that, it would include a number of things, such as research, as well as engaging different stakeholders, so that at the end of the day, the advice that we give to the Minister is found and based on what is happening in the workplace. So, uh, just looking at uh, the report that uh, you actually revealed today, what does that tell us about the progress that the country has made in its workplace transformation endeavours? What it's telling us is that in terms of the top four levels of occupational levels, we're seeing transformation being very slow. On average, we're seeing a change of about one percentage point from the white population to the designated group. So in summary, I would say that the pace of transformation is rather slow. And and this has been a perennial problem uh, as it uh, pertains to workplace transformation. So what would you say are some of the causes of the slow pace of transformation? The reasons are varied. You know, um, we have engaged stakeholders, organizations to find out what Uh, some of their challenges are, and we've had a number of reasons ranging from uh, lack of skills pool, and in some cases we've heard that um, the organization is not inclusive and therefore persons from designated groups uh, do not feel at home in those organizations. In some cases we're hearing that the policies are not designed for for diversity, therefore the recruitment and the way in which uh, recruitment and and promotions are structured, they do not um, create a a good environment for transformation to take place. So generally the reasons are quite varied, but uh, if one has to sum up, one would say that um, employers seem to struggle with operationalizing employment equity. Is it a struggle or is it simply a lack of will to transform? Well, we would say that it is a lack of will. For example, if one looks at the lack of skill, we're saying that we expect that employers would would form their own skill. You know, why would one want to look outside to find the skill when one could create the skill in the environment? So, a lot of the time in our debate, we, we more, more often than not come to the conclusion as a commission that there is more resistance than there is anything else. So given that particular scenario where evidently you have employers balking at whatever legislation is saying to them, what is your role then as the commission? How, how do you come about uh, in terms of helping to speed up the transformation process? So what we've done as a commission is that we've gone back to see how we could um, advise the minister in terms of the legislation to ensure that this legislation has teeth and that it would impact the employers where it matters the most, which is in profit. So one of the um, changes that we're coming up with, one of the amendments to the legislation is Section 53, which talks to um, certification of compliance. And we are saying if an organization does not have a certificate of compliance, then they cannot do business with government. That is the one place where we believe that we will create um, sort of like a punitive action for, for employers. The other is that we are in the process of engaging different sectors 
to look at a possibility of coming up with sector targets, which would uh, be defined by the particular sector themselves. And we would expect organizations within those sectors to comply with those with those with, this, with those targets over a period of time. Uh, so if you look at the way the law is structured currently, employers would create their own targets. So they would set their own targets, and we have nothing to say to that, but we monitor the extent to which they're achieving the targets that they've set. So the new approach now is to move to sector targets that are set by by the minister, and then organizations then have to comply with that. And, and how would you then go about making sure that they actually do comply? Do you have uh, the requisite capacity in order to ensure that this actually is policed and that it does happen? Well, there is policing from the Inspectorate Division of the Department of Labor, and their role would be to go into different organizations and look at the extent to which organizations are complying but as a commission, we're also saying that we seek workplace activists, which would be employers, because it's generally difficult to know what everybody is doing. So we say we need a workforce that is alive to the issues of employment equity, and that would see when there's contravention to the law and would take the necessary steps to bring the employers to book. The reality is, though, with such high unemployment currently in the country, uh, people perhaps are looking out to hold on to whatever jobs they have. So in terms of activism, that might not necessarily be forthcoming in the current uh, economic climate. Wouldn't you agree with that? Well, I'm not sure. I think that employers have uh, employees have arrived at a place where they see the benefit of employment equity and they see where it's going to take the country. So we, we, we believe that there will be more outspokenness. We're doing a lot more awareness creation and training in that regard. But over and above that, our law protects the workers. The workers are protected. There is a way in which they can report without necessarily uh, identifying them, themselves. So there's anonymous reporting. And, and perhaps if you could just give us a breakdown, uh, Ms. Gabine, of uh, the workplace demographics as per your latest report now. Are you talking now to the national EAP? Yes. Okay, so the current EAP is standing as follows. The African population, we have 78.8%, and 42.8% of that is male, and 36% of that is female. In terms of the colored population, uh, the EAP, the national EAP, stands at 96 5.2 makes up the male population, and 4.4 makes up the female population. The Indian population is 2.2%, with 1.7% being male and 1% being female. And the white population makes up 9% of the total EAP, national EAP, with males making up 5.1% and females making up 3.9%. So that's what it looks like. And, and, and when we look at what's happening, especially at senior management level, what sort of picture emerges there? Well, what emerges is that the white population still has the majority at, at, 
at senior levels, top and senior management, you will find that um, the numbers are actually reversed. They are upside down. Which is very interesting because this has been a picture that has prevailed for quite a long time. And um, as you said, we spoke to some of the um, perhaps uh, reasons why transformation is slow, but the picture, as uh, per your own indication, isn't changing much. So uh, where to from here, like in the immediate term, uh, apart from quite uh, the measures that you've already spoken to us about, is there anything more punitive that can be done in order to perhaps jolt this process? Well, in terms of the budget speech of the minister, we heard that the inspectorate uh, division of the De- Department of Employment and Labor, uh, their budget has been increased to enable them to bring in more inspectors. And we, we see that as a plus for us because what it would mean is that we would have a lot more um, foot soldiers really enforcing compliance, and we believe in the immediate term that will be a, a benefit. We also believe that within the next year uh, or so, then the amendments will be in place. And I mean, you know, part of the measurement uh, would be the compliance certificate, and you either have it or you don't, and therefore cannot do business. And just a final question, a representation of uh, people with disabilities, you know, because this is often something that gets overlooked. Sure. The representation of persons with disabilities at this stage sits at 1.1% actually. And and, and and once again, um, why is it that companies find it difficult to employ people with disabilities? Uh, have you been able to establish some of the reasons for this? I think one of the biggest reasons is that employers are struggling to define disability. More often than not, in the engagements, we found that they were looking for a physical disability and they thought that that was you know, the best way to classify a person as having a disability or not. And when you look at the definition, it is much broader and it includes um, other variables that one could take into account. So, for example, if you're talking to persons, people in the transport sector, they would say to to you that it's impossible for them to employ persons with disability because the the idea is that you're talking about people who are in wheelchairs or, you know, people who don't have a limb, for example. And we had to speak to issues that go beyond that. For example, when you're looking at persons that could be suffering from a mental um, condition, depression, for example, it is a disability, and it can be classified as such. So um, we've worked hard to assist employers in redefining um, what disability is, and we believe that uh, it could create um, a change. Ms. Gabine, thanks so much for speaking to us this afternoon. Thank you very much.